Well, we got a few things going on out there. If you like to eat, October 5 and 6 is the day to do it. There's a Croctoberfest at um, Anissa's house, and then the guys are having a barbecue. Men, where's the barbecue, Gary? Where's the barbecue? Right here? All right. I got this. So it's right here on the 6th, and the ladies are meeting on the 5th. So if you're hungry, go to those things. There's sign-ups out there. Um, also, if you're new here, uh, go see Doug and Diane. Wave to us, guys. They're back here. They're our connection team. They have a nice little pamphlet for you to fill out so we can get all your information, your checking account, and all that good stuff. Um, but no, we just want to say hi and reach out to you, and uh, we say welcome for coming here this morning and um, gracing us with your presence. I hope you're ministered to this morning. Uh, there's uh, Life Nights beginning uh, September 27th on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock right here. Um, there's more classes. There's videos out online. Uh, ben and um, uh, Madison did a video, so check it out on our social media page. It gives you a little bit more information. There's sign-ups back there, but we're looking to kick those off here in a couple weeks um, and just expecting God to take us a little bit deeper and uh, things like that. So, um, Guys, can you prepare the morning offering? Come back up here. And um, Andrew, I, I let you go too quick. Is, did, uh, did you want to come up and just begin to play something during the offering? Because I went through all the announcements before that. Thank you. In a couple weeks, I'm going to be presenting some of the things that are happening here at the church, uh, some of the things all things of where your money is going to and going towards and just making you aware of the different needs and the different projects that are happening going on. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but the Fellowship Hall has uh, nice clean carpets that have been cleaned in several years, and they've been, the hallway out here has been cleaned as well, and hopefully we can hit in here, and there's a couple other different things that are uh, needed to get done. But uh, thank you for uh, giving to the Lord, giving to this house, giving to the vision. So, Lord, we ask that your blessing on those who give, on those who give out of their need, Lord, and we just ask you bless them, bless this money, bless uh, the fruit of it, and uh, help us to be obedient to where you want it to go and what do you want it to be used for. In Jesus' name, amen. If you make a check out, go ahead and make it to Zion Fellowship. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, precious Lord, none on the earth, no heavens above, that I have found more beautiful, you are my treasure, my great reward. I just want to move your heart It's all I want to do I just want to stand in awe And pour my love on you No matter how much the cost I freely give it all to you All to you been sensing that in your life, that Jesus is asking more of us? I'll take it. Oh, Diane's even better. She's a wave a check at me. I'll grab it. 
<laughs> but haven't you been sensing that in your heart that um, the Lord is asking more of us? Calling us higher, calling us deeper. Because there's so much in this. And and yesterday, I don't I don't I don't know about you, but I just I woke up off. You ever do that? You just wake up and just like, you know, if the cat was around, I'd probably kick it, that type of thing. No, I, our cat has lost his eye, so I wouldn't kick the cat anyway. So I'm just, loosen up, people. It's okay. I don't go kicking cats most of the time. But I was just off, just off in my spirit, just aggravated and just didn't know why. And so, um, you know, Katie and I, we had our, our day planned, and we did some stuff around the house, and I got outside. And, and usually I just like to work it off and just get with the Lord as I'm physically doing some things and and I didn't uh, really have any breakthrough until about six o'clock at night and I've done a lot of projects I was closing the pool different things going on Katie was doing some shopping and boys were helping out here and there and and just uh, just was really just wrestling and uh, and I was going to be talking on discipleship and uh, Ben did an excellent job last week and and just want to piggyback off of that a little bit more but I God just kind of changed. He seems to be doing that lately. Just changed the whole direction that uh, I feel like he wants us to talk about pruning and that pruning equals disciple. That if you want to be a Christ follower, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, if you want to be a disciple of the Most High God, you have to allow him to prune your life. Amen? There's a lot of Christians walking around that, that just have things shooting out and unpruned and just out of control and they call themselves a Christian but they bear no fruit and we're, we're called to be fruitful they have the fruit of the spirit love joy peace patience gentleness kindness goodness self-control all those things but we don't like to talk about pruning because it hurts and it's it's, it's a, it seems like a setback but God has been pruning us as a congregation he's been pruning us as individuals if we're allowing that amen how many of you can say that God has been pruning me? And, and, and it's, you know, and it seems like he's pruning good things. And so we're going to get into that a little bit on just some of the things that, that I felt like God gave me this morning and through a really interesting illustration that I'll share with you at the end um, where I finally got some breakthrough. But we know that God loves us, amen? That God has delivered us. He sustains us. He provides for us. He even listens to us, right? But does God prune me? Do we allow him to prune us? God will always prune you to be the best that you can be. We're asking for the best. We're not asking for better. We're not asking for good. We're asking for it all, right? My God owns a cattle on a thousand hill. I want it all. And if he has it, I want it. There's four tools a pruner uses, a gardener uses. How many of you guys like gardening? How many of you like to prune? How many of you know all about that? Well, that I'm, I hope I don't bore you, and then I hope what I share with you is actually true and accurate, but I got it off the internet, so it has to be true, okay? Four tools the pruner uses. My dad used to, he, we had a great garden. We had two gardens, huge. Remember as a kid, everything is bigger than what it actually was, but these were huge gardens. We had one in the front, one way in the back, and I had to weed it all, so I know that they were very huge. We also had fruit trees. We had pears and peaches and just all sorts of food, and he knew how to do all this stuff. 
and he would try to explain it didn't make much sense to me as a kid because how do you cut off fruitful branches and cut them back doesn't that seem backwards and it it felt backwards to me but there's a process there's four tools number one and and watch how each one of these get a little bit more (laughs) difficult he uses fingers to pinch off the dead blossoms you do that on a plant you just pick them off and you throw them he uses clippers to select pruning and remove the spikes or rogue shoots he uses shears to shape the plant for a well-rounded appearance and he uses a saw to cut away the heavy wood to reconstruct the plant so there's four different areas of pruning here and each one gets a little bit more intense how many you can handle like a pinch here and there how many of the clippers and eh, not too bad shears get a little bit more difficult and if he breaks out the saw look out there's a cherry tree if you ever seen a cherry tree blossom it's beautiful isn't it but I hear that if it doesn't get pruned it'll blossom one year and then the next year even better but after about four years the tree won't blossom if it's not pruned it'll look good it'll be leafy and all that stuff but it won't blossom effective pruning is the difference than just shearing the tree to look like a lollipop there's some people that really do some great stuff with a pair of shears and makes trees and plants look really really good but there are two basic types of branches that need to be removed when pruned the first is a branch that is growing in the wrong direction these branches rub the other branches and they cause disease now if you want to relate this to your own personal life feel free to do that they also block out the sunlight that is needed for the flower to bud and to form. So branches that grow in the wrong direction. You ever see that in a bush or a plant or a tree, just a rogue branch going off? The other type is a branch that needs to be pruned is called the sucker. This is one I'm familiar with because my dad would talk about that. They're the ones that shoot out from the bottom. They look innocent. They look kind of cute. Oh, they're new. They're just springing up. But these are a very dangerous branch because it can affect the very life of the tree. It will draw all the strength and the energy from the tree to themselves, and the tree will often die. So these suckers are appropriately named because they will draw all the strength for themselves. Instead of the good of the tree, they draw it all for themselves, and it will eventually kill the tree. Now, John 15, 1 through 8, we all are familiar with this verse, but I'm going to read it. I am the true vine. My Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every one that bears fruit, he prunes. He prunes it so that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. 
He who abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my word abides in you, you shall ask whatever you will, and it shall be done to you. In this my Father is glorified, that you will bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Pruning equals disciples. Just as a tree or a plant or a flower bush needs pruning, we as Christ followers need to be pruned by God. He prunes the branches in our lives that are growing in the wrong direction. He prunes the branches that are sprouting out flesh and sucking everything for ourselves. Pruning isn't a punishment. And if we could try to understand that God's pruning is really a sign of his sign of his love for us and his great care. Perhaps some of us, we have some branches that are going in the wrong direction. Or maybe some flesh has taken over in some area. These are areas that God has been talking about for several weeks now. And if the branch is left unpruned, it will drain your strength from your very spiritual life. It's an unholy branch that we've tolerated to live there but it will eventually destroy your effectiveness, causing you not to have any beautiful blooms and bear no fruit. Blooms display display health and wholeness, vibrancy, and an intimate walk. Everybody's seen a a tree that that looks healthy but bears no fruit. We have a hydrangeas plant that does not produce any flowers. And I guess you have to match it up with another one or something like that. Somebody smarter than me can tell me how we can get this big, beautiful bush to have some flowers. But it's frustrating to look at something that's so beautiful and not get the fruit from it. To the point of frustration where I just almost want to dig it out and try to put something else there. See, we don't have to even be doing something wrong to be pruned. This is where I feel like when you're doing something good, God is going to prune you. When God uses you and you come back from just a, a, a mighty mission trip and things like that, 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 that we've been used by God, then the pruning takes place because he wants more fruit from us. He's just not good with that event, that one time or a couple times that he uses us. He wants to humble us and prune us back so he can be glorified. So pride is an area of here that we have to watch out for. How does God prune us? He does it in two ways, probably other ways too, but a couple here that are found in Scripture. Number one, he he, he prunes us with his word, the word of God. Hebrews 4, 12, the word of God is alive. It is active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit, joint and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and the intent 
of the heart. The word of God shows us where we've missed it. If we allow ourselves to get into it and let his Holy Spirit illuminate. And then it shows us where we missed it and it also shows us where we can begin to live a life that truly pleases him. That's why I think some of us struggle with getting into the word because maybe deep down inside we're, 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 we're maybe just a little apprehensive that we might be challenged to lay something at the altar. A couple scriptures that I want you to write down to check over throughout the week as God puts it on your heart. Romans 8, 1, he gives us the power to live a life that produces fruit in our conversation and it removes us from our guilt and condemnation. 1 Peter 2, 11, he cuts away the habits that bind us, that keep us captive. Psalms 51.10 and Isaiah 40.31, God prunes away the old to revitalize, amen? To refresh in, to revive, to renew our lives. How many need that in your life? God also cuts away from us the things and that hurts at times. The word of God prunes and grooms, corrects and encourages to be like him. So Lord, I just ask right now that when we open up your word, Holy Spirit, will you illuminate your word to us? May it become alive and sharp and quick to divide, give us wisdom and discernment. We give you full surrender to prune us with your word. Number two, and this is a goodie. Our relationships with each other prune us. I call these fruit testers. All around us, we're making sure that we're producing the right fruit. God creates different types of people and throws us all together to make this crazy fruit salad. Not a fruit cake, fruit salad. Just for any clarity out there. All of us together, fruit testers. But it's these interactions with one another that really expose the true fruit that we produce. And the lack of it is exposed. Okay, well, you're having your quiet time. You're in with the Lord and you just you feel his presence. You're floating around. You're, you got the music on, everything is perfect, everything's nice with your time with the Lord. And, and then if you're like me, then the kids come home. I've just built this nice shoe rack right outside the garage. You step up into our garage, nice, beautiful shoe rack. They just set their shoes. And they walk right by it. Shoes are right there on the floor. The nice cubby I built with their hooks the coats are on the floor. So all this time that you're with the Lord and all of a sudden these fruit testers come in and push our fleshly spiritual, our fleshly buttons. 
All right, maybe you're an empty nester and you're in with the Lord and you're having a good time in the car and you're worshiping. And somebody cuts you off. No, I know, I know, we just won't go there. And then there's, maybe you're with the Lord in your home and then the spam caller calls for the 47th time to talk to you about your car warranty. And something inside of us just gets indignant, like, our button starts to get pushed. And then the internal fruit starts to be seen on the outside. That's why God has been after so much more. That's why God has been calling us higher because we got junk in there. And the closer we get to him, the more we realize, the more we have to give until he has it all. Do you feel that journey? Are you on that journey? Do you sense that? And it's not to punish us. He wants us to be more fruitful. He wants fruit from our lives. He wants people to be saved. And this kind of stuff only comes out with interaction with one another. God help us. You've heard me talk about this scenario before that we, you know, our family's on high alert on Saturday because we know the enemy likes to come in and just kind of throw in anything that kind of disrupt the atmosphere and things like that. And I know our family is the only one that deals with that. But we're, we're on high alert. And then, you know, you, you've been in the car on the way to church and you're having a discussion. Right? And then you pull into the parking lot and all of a sudden it's like, happy face on. Game time. And you come in and you're all, we have our outside looking good. And then once we leave church, we get back in the car and you pick up the argument right where you left off. Why is it that we can have control over what fruit we display? Depending on who we're around. What kind of game are we playing? See, our family sees the worst in us because they're the closest to us and we feel the most comfortable. But gang, we're a family here. And we've seen good, bad, ugly. And we're allowing grace to come in. But I've also seen a lot of fruit from this family when people kick in and support things and be a part of the need that's at hand. But God is calling us higher here, and I, I've said all this to really focus on this last part. We're going to have some time here to really do some business with the Lord, go back into worship. There's a couple areas. If there's an area in which you are bearing fruit, be ready that God's going to start pruning you. only to be more fruitful. Be ready to encounter disappointments and difficulties, especially in the area that you're passionate about. I'm just going to be open and transparent. We, have you probably have noticed that the flags are up in the, the balcony now. We had a heart-to-heart -heart discussion. We just said that we want to open up the altar more and we asked them to, to go in the back and just to be up in the balcony and to worship up there. 
And we've had some great conversations. At first, it was a little of adjusting, a little bit of pruning going on. But we've had some really good conversations out of it. And because of it, God is bringing some things to our hearts. And I so appreciate the heart of the leaders, Tabitha and Joanne and Anissa in this. Because this is something that's very fruitful for them. Something very passionate about. And if you've ever been involved in praise in the park and the different things they do outside in the community, it's a wonderful thing. And so what seemed like a punishment really wasn't. It was more of a pruning to see what God is doing. So I appreciate their hearts in that and to be opening to pruning. Second, when the pruning happens, can we take it as a sign from God that he really loves us and that he cares for us? And he's only trying to get us to a place that we have active growth. And not to fall into the pit of the lies of the enemy to come and say, see, I told you it wasn't very fruitful. I told you it wasn't very good. And bind those lies and not feed those lies. Church, this is where I believe we are at. We are being pruned in different areas. And before we can grow to the place where he's calling us to grow, we have to allow him to prune us as a, as a body and also as individuals. This is where it gets real. Where I had my breakthrough yesterday was around six o'clock. I, I went back outside after having dinner and uh, I was gonna quit for the night, but I said, I, I, I gotta do this. I, I went to Lowe's and I bought a 56 volt, 26 inch hedge trimmer. 56 volts, the battery is huge. Plug that baby in, charged up like that. Because I have this bush out front, and those have come to my house, I got this one bush that was planted there to block the cables that's keeping the telephone pole from falling on us or whatever. Ugly cable thing. So they planted this bush there, and usually in the spring, I can get in there with the hedge clipper. I used to have this Black & Decker, and plug it in and walk out and take me forever. So I went out and bought this big mama because I needed a heavy duty thing. And so I hadn't got to it this spring, so it was way overgrown. The shoots were kicking out of the top. It was over eight feet tall. Sides were going out of control. It was just, just out of control. And so in my mind, I envisioned this to be my complete work after I got done with the bush. There it is. Thank you. Isn't that great? Don't you see some of the pictures that some of these people can do with a clipper? They can do some remarkable things to make them look like animals and just, just beautiful. This is what I had envisioned of this mammoth overgrown bush out front. And I started trimming it. And it had to be humorous because I started going around it and around it and around it and around it and around it. Kind of like a cartoon character. 
And this is what my bush turned out to be. Yeah. You can say it again backwards. Wow. In my case, my sensitive case, shouts out of the window, Dad, that was my favorite bush. It's a case you've never talked about that thing. But as I got into it, and, and I just want to say, and I know that this really doesn't need to be said, but thank God I am not God. Because if this is the pruning process that you need in your life, there is no hope for you. <laughs> but I got into that thing, and as I was cutting it, I realized it was full of dead branches. It hasn't been thinned out. It hasn't been groomed. There were suckers in the bottom. And I realized that after a while, there was actually three bushes planted there that morphed into this one thing and a maple tree trying to shoot out of the middle of it. Just a little thing. And I got to the point where I was going around it, going around, I looked back and it looked terrible. Nothing like that first picture. So I just fired up that <laughs> hedge clipper and I just took it down. Can you see the dead branches? Can you see some of the green? But there's most, there's a lot of dead stuff in there. And, and thank God that God is more patient with us when he prunes us. And I know that I had great breakthrough with this. It's like, Lord, I'm so glad you are more patient. Because it was so overwhelming to me that I was just like, I, I, there's just so much to do. There's so much thinning out. There's so much dead branches in here. And on the outside, it would look great. It was green. It was tall. It looked healthy. But when I got into it and when I took the time to get into it, I saw death. I saw clutter. I saw things, branches rubbing against each other. And why those branches were dead is because those branches were rubbing and caused disease, just like I quoted there earlier. See, we can look great on the outside. I know you know this. But if we take the time and let the Holy Spirit come in and get at these areas, He will expose what is dead and what needs to be removed. And thank the Lord he doesn't do this. But by his grace and his love and his mercies, he takes the time to cut away the dead branches, to get rid of the suckers, to thin out the things that aren't supposed to be there. There's four types of pruning. And this was so revealing to me. Number one, cleaning. And this is off a pruning website. This type of pruning involves removing dead and diseased and broken branches. To me, this is repentance. This is where, where God gets into it and he looks at it and he says, I got to get these things out. And this is where we turn things over and repent. Number two, thinning. And I'm not talking about my hairline, 
But this is, this is incredible. It refers to the reducing of the density of the branches on the individual limbs. Some of those branches, they were starting out and they had two or three shoots coming from them that were so heavy on the top, they were hanging over. Wasn't able to carry the weight. To me, I think God is speaking to simplify. We've been saying going back to basics, remove the clutter, simply Jesus. He's all I want. The song we sing, give me Jesus. Number three was raising. This is the type of proving, uh, pruning that provides vertical clearance by removing the lower branches. Gang, it provides vertical clearance and removes the lower branches. It provides vertical clearance when we move the lower branches. Lift your eyes to the hills. Lift our eyes, the author and finisher of our faith. When we're so cluttered, when we have things so jam-packed, our vertical vision is blocked. We can't have the sunlight come in and give us the health and the nourishment that we need. And we don't have that vertical vision. And we're focused on the lower branches. Does this make any sense? He's calling us higher. Bottom line, he's calling us higher. The fourth type of pruning was reduction. This involves decreasing the height and spreads by making reduction cuts. This is where some of those shoots, those new shoots were so high, they were green, they were, they were fresh, but they looked out of place. This is where I feel like pride can get in the way of our Christian walk. When we shoot up and God does something and we forget that it's all about him and nothing to do with us, and he has to cut us back. What I get out of this is that I must decrease and he must increase. I must decrease and he must increase. How many of you have been feeling the pruning process in your life? And we've been going through the church as well, and I'm excited about it because I want him to remove all the dead things all the things that clutter, all the things that block us from the vertical vision of seeing heaven come down to earth, seeing his face, hearing his voice, removing all these lower branches that literally rub the suckers that literally suck the energy and the life right out of you. Have to cut them right out. And things, when our pride gets in the way and stuff that shoots up, he cuts it back by his, his great love for us, his great mercy. So what is he pinching? What is he clipping at? What is he shearing? What is he sawing off? What does he need to clean, thin, raise or reduce in our lives 
to be more fruitful for his kingdom, to be more fruitful in this community, to be more fruitful in our families. Because if we become more fruitful, he gets all the glory. Will you stand with me? I purposely left some time here this morning because I think some of you are like me that it's like God just take it all out but he sees the gold in your life he sees the struggles he sees it all and he's asking for it all. We're going to go back into a time of worship, and the elders are around. They can come on up, and some of the ministry team. And if you just want to come and be alone at the altar, just come on up and kneel down or find yourself a place by yourself. But in this whole few months of God asking us to lay things down over and over again and surrendering is all for the purpose of being pruned so he can bear more fruit in our lives. How many want to be more fruitful? I know I'm asking easy answered questions, but there's a process to it. Some of you have been pruned and been doing good things. God wants to encourage you this morning not to be dif disappointed in the difficulty of the pruning process, but know that he is doing a good work and he's making all things new. So whatever type of pruning might be going on, if you need repentance, if you need to remove the clutter, you need to respond to the higher call that he's asking us or just plain laying it down saying I must decrease and he must increase the pride of life whatever he's pinching, clipping, shearing sawing, can we as a group and as individuals just lay it down before him this morning as we go into a time of worship we have a, several minutes here just to linger and Respond to his word, amen. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus, Jesus. Precious Lord, none on the earth, no heavens above, that I have found more, more beautiful. You are my treasure, my great reward, and Jesus, Jesus. My precious Lord, there's none on the earth, no 
Just to 